Chapter 3.25, Part 7 of Personal Narrative of Travels to the Equinoctial Regions of America during the years 1799 to 1804, Volume 3, by Alexander von Humboldt, translated by Thomasina Ross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3.25, Part 7 The maritime charts which the Florentine traveller Amerigo Vespucci constructed in the early years of the sixteenth century as piloto mayor de la casa de contratación of seville and in which he placed perhaps artfully the words tierra de américo have not reached our times note he died in fifteen twelve as mr munoz has proved by the documents of the archives of samancas hist del nuevo mundo volume one page seventeen Tiraboshi, Storia della Literatura. End of note. The most ancient monument we possess of the geography of the new continent is the map of the world by John Reich, annexed to a Roman edition of Ptolemy in 1508. Note. See the learned researches of M. Valkiner in the Bibliographie Universelle, volume 6, page 209, article Bucking. On the maps added to Ptolemy in 1506, we find no trace of the discoveries of Columbus. End of note. We there find Yucatan and Honduras, the most southern part of Mexico, figured as an island by the name of Culicar. Note. No doubt the lands between Ucatan, Cape Gracias a Dios, and Veraga, discovered by Columbus, 1502 and 1503, by Soltis and by Pincon, 1506. End of note. There is no isthmus of Panama, but a passage which permits of a direct navigation from Europe to India. The great southern island, South America, bears the name of Terra de Prius, bounded by two rivers, the Rio Lorino and the Rio Formosa. These Parias are no doubt the inhabitants of Paria, a name which Christopher Columbus had already heard in 1498, and which was long applied to a great part of America. Bishop Geraldini says clearly, in a letter addressed to Pope Leo X, in 1516, Insula Ila, que Europe et Asia est major, quam indocti continentum Asia appellant, et ali America vel pariam nuncapant. That island, larger than Europe and Asia, joined together, which the unlearned call the continent of Asia, and others America, or pariah. Note. Alexandri Geraldini, Itinerarium page 250, end of note. I find in the map of the world of 1508 no trace whatever of the Orinoco. This river appears for the first time by the name of Rio Dolce on the celebrated map constructed in 1529 by Diego Rubiero, cosmographer of the Emperor Charles V, which was published with a learned commentary by Monsieur Sprengel in 1795. Neither Columbus, 1498, nor Alonso de Ojeda, accompanied by Amerigo Vespucci, 1499, had seen the real mouth of the Orinoco. They confounded it with the northern opening of the Gulf of Paria, to which they attributed, by an exaggeration so common to the navigators of that time, an immense volume of fresh water. It was Vincente Yanez Pincon who, after having discovered the mouth of the Rio Maranon, first saw in 1500, that of the Orinoco. Note, the name of Maranon was known fifty-nine years before the expedition of Lopez de Aguirre. 
the denomination of the river is therefore erroneously attributed to the nickname of moranos hogs which this adventurer gave his companions in going down the river amazon was not this vulgar jest rather an allusion to the indian name of the river End of note. he called this river rio dolce a name which since ribeiro was long preserved on our maps and which has sometimes been given erroneously to the moroni and to the essequibo the great lake parima did not appear on our maps till after the first voyage of raleigh note i find no trace of it on a very rare map dedicated to richard hucklight and constructed on the meridian of toledo novus orbis paris fifteen eighty seven in this map published before the voyage of quiros a group of islands is marked in fortunati insulae where the friendly islands actually are ortelius fifteen seventy already knew them were these islands seen by magellan End of note. it was Jodocus hondius who as early as fifteen ninety nine fixed the ideas of geographers and figured the interior of spanish guiana as a country well known he transformed the isthmus between the rio branco and the rio runapuini one of the tributary streams of the essequibo into the lake runapuini parima or dorado two hundred leagues long and forty broad and bounded by the latitudes of one degree forty-five minutes south and two degrees north this inland sea larger than the caspian is sometimes traced in the midst of a mountainous country without communication with any river Note see for instance hondius neue carta von het godrecht land guiana fifteen ninety nine and sanson's map of america in sixteen fifty six and sixteen sixty nine end of note and sometimes the rio oyapoc wayapago yapoc viapoco and the rio de cayana are made to issue from it note brasilia et carabao act hondio et helsen fifteen ninety nine end of note the first of these rivers confounded in the eighth article of the treaty of utrecht with the rio de vicente pincon rio calsoene of d'anville has been even down to the late congress of vienna the subject of interminable discussions between the french and portuguese diplomatists note i have treated this question in a memoire sur la fixation des limites de la guiane francaise written at the desire of the portuguese government during the negotiations of paris in eighteen seventeen see scholl archives Pollitt, or ps Edite, volume one pages forty eight to fifty eight ribeiro in his celebrated map of the world of fifteen twenty nine places the rio de vicente pincon south of the amazon near the gulf of maranhao this navigator landed at this spot after having been at cape st augustin and before he reached the mouth of the amazon herrera deck one page one hundred and seven the narrative of gomara hist nat fifteen fifty three page forty eight is very confused in a geographical point of view End of note. the second is an imaginary prolongation either of the tona grande or of the oyac the inland sea laguna parima was at first placed in such a manner that its western extremity coincided with the meridian of the confluence of the apure and the orinoco by degrees it was advanced towards the east the western extremity being found to the south of the mouth of the orinoco note compare the maps of fifteen ninety nine with those of sanson sixteen fifty six and of blau sixteen thirty three end of note this change produced others in the respective situations of the lakes parima and casipa 
as well as in the direction of the course of the Orinoco. This great river is represented as running from its delta, as far as beyond the Meta, from south to north, like the river Magdalena. The tributary streams, therefore, which were made to issue from the lake Casipa, the Caroni, the Arui, and the Caura, then took the direction of the latitude, while in nature they follow that of the meridian. Besides the lakes Parima and Casipa, a third was traced upon the maps, from which the Aproagüe, Apurwaca, was made to issue. It was then a general practice among geographers to attach all rivers to great lakes. By this mean, Ortelius joined the Nile to the Zaire, or River Congo, and the Vistula to the Wolga and the Niper. North of Mexico, in the pretended kingdoms of Quivira and Cibola, rendered celebrated by the falsehoods of the monk Marcos de Niza, a great inland sea was imagined from which the Rio Colorado of California was made to issue. Note, this is the Mexican Dorado, where it was pretended that vessels had been found on the coasts of New Albion, loaded with merchandise of Cato and China, Gomara, Histgen, page 117, and where Fray Marcos, like Hooten, in the country of the Amaguas, had seen from afar the gilded roofs of a great town, one of the Siete Cuidades. The inhabitants have great dogs, on los cuales cuando se mudam cargan se menage. Herrera, Dec. 6, pages 157 and 206. Later discoveries, however, leave no doubt that there existed a center of civilization in those countries. End of note. A branch of the Rio Magdalena flowed to the Laguna de Maracaibo and the Lake of Jareas, near which a southern dorado was placed, communicated with the Amazon, the Miari, Miri. Note. As this river flows into the Gulf of Maranhao, so named because some French colonists, Rifo, De Vaux, and Ravadier, believed they were opposite to the mouth of the Maranon, or Amazon, end of note. The ancient maps called the Miri, Maranon, or Maranham. See the maps of Hondius and Paula de Forlani. Perhaps the idea that Pincon, to whom the discovery of the real Maranon is due, had landed in these parts, since become celebrated by the shipwreck of Ares de Cunha, has also contributed to this confusion. The Miri appears to me identical with the Rio de Vincente Pincon of Diego Rubiero, which is more than 140 leagues from that of the modern geographers. At present, the name of Maranon has remained at the same time to the river of the Amazons, and to a province which, farther eastwards, the capital of which is Maranhao, or San Luis de Maranon, end of note, and the Rio de San Francisco. These hydrographic reveries have for the most part disappeared, but the lakes Casipa and Dorado have been long simultaneously preserved on our maps. In following the history of geography, we see the Casipa figured as a rectangular parallelogram, enlarged by degrees at the expense of El Dorado. While the latter is sometimes suppressed, no one ventures to touch the former, which is the Rio Paragua, a tributary stream of the Caroni, enlarged by temporary inundations. Note, Sanson, Course of the Amazon, 1680, De Lille, Amérique Meride, 1700, D'Anvie, First Edition of His America, 1748, end of note. When D'Anvie learned from the expedition of Solano that the sources of the Orinoco, far from lying to the west, on the back of the Andes of Pasto, came from the east, from the mountains of Parima, he restored in the second edition of his fine map of America, 1760, the Laguna Parima, 
and very arbitrarily made it to communicate with three rivers, the Orinoco, the Rio Branco, and the Essequibo, by the Maziruni and the Cajoni, assigning to it the latitude from three to four degrees north, which had till then been given to the Lake Casipa. I have now stated, as I announced above, the variable forms which geographical errors have assumed at different periods. I have explained what in the configuration of the soil, the course of the rivers, the names of the tributary streams, and the multiplicity of the portages may have given rise to the hypothesis of an inland sea in the center of Guyana. However dry discussions of this nature may appear, they ought not to be regarded as sterile and fruitless. They show travelers what remains to be discovered, and make known the degree of certainty which long-repeated assertions may claim. It is with maps, as with those tables of astronomical positions which are contained in our ephemerides, designed for the use of navigators. The most heterogeneous materials have been employed in their construction during a long space of time, and without the aid of the history of geography, we could scarcely hope to discover at some future day on what authority every partial statement rests. Before I resume the thread of my narrative, it remains for me to add a few general reflections on the auriferous lands situate between the Amazon and the Orinoco. We have just shown that the fable of El Dorado, like the most celebrated fables of the nations of the ancient world, has been applied progressively to different spots. We have seen it advance from the southwest to the northeast, from the oriental declivity of the Andes toward the plains of the Rio Branco and the Essequibo an identical direction with that in which the Caribs for ages conducted their warlike and mercantile expeditions. It may be conceived that the gold of the Cordilleras might be conveyed from hand to hand through an infinite number of tribes as far as the shore of Guyana, since, long before the fur trade had attracted English, American, and Russian vessels to the northwest coast of America, iron tools had been carried from New Mexico and Canada beyond the Rocky Mountains. From an error in longitude, the traces of which we find in all maps of the 16th century, the auriferous mountains of Peru and New Granada were supposed to be much nearer the mouths of the Orinoco and the Amazon than they are in fact. Geographers have the habit of augmenting and extending beyond measure countries that are recently discovered. In the map of Peru, published at Verona by Paolo di Forlani, the town of Quito is placed at a distance of 400 leagues from the coast of the South Sea, on the meridian of Cumana, and the Cordillera of the Andes there fills almost the whole surface of Spanish, French, and Dutch Guyana. This erroneous opinion of the breadth of the Andes has no doubt contributed to give so much importance to the granitic plains that extend on their eastern side. Unceasingly confounding the tributary streams of the Amazon with those of the Orinoco or as the lieutenants of Raleigh called it, to flatter their chief, the Rio Raleana. To the latter were attributed all the traditions which had been collected respecting the Dorado of Quijos, the Amaguas, and the Manaus. Note. The flight of Manco Inca, brother of Atahualpa, to the east of the Cordilleras no doubt gave rise to the tradition of the new empire of the Incas and Dorado. It was forgotten that Cajamarca and Cusco, two towns where the princes of that unfortunate family were at the time of their emigration are situate to the south of the amazon in the latitudes seven degrees eight minutes and thirteen degrees twenty one minutes south and consequently four hundred leagues southwest of the pretended town of manoa on the lake parima three degrees and a half north latitude 
it is probable that from the extreme difficulty of penetration into the plains east of the andes covered with forests the fugitive princes never went beyond the banks of the beni the following is what i learnt with certainty respecting the emigration of the family of the inca some sad vestiges of which i saw on passing by cajamarca manco inca acknowledged as the legitimate successor of atahualpa made war without success against the spaniards he retired at length into the mountains and thick forests of vilcabamba which are either accessible by huamanga or atanhuala or by the valley of yuque north of cuzco of the two sons of manco inca the eldest seri tupac surrendered himself to the spaniards upon the invitation of the viceroy of peru hurtado de mendoza he was received with great pomp at lima was baptized there and died peaceably in the fine valley of yuque the youngest son of manco inca tupac amaru was carried off by stratagem from the forests of vilcabamba and beheaded on pretext of a conspiracy formed against the spanish usurpers at the same period thirty-five distant relations of the inca atahualpa were seized and conveyed to lima in order to remain under the inspection of the audencia Gracilaso, volume two pages one hundred and ninety four four hundred and eighty and five hundred and one it is interesting to inquire whether any other princes of the family of manco capac have remained in the forests of vilcabamba and if there still exist any descendants of the incas of peru between the apurimac and the beni this supposition gave rise in seventeen forty one to the famous rebellion of the chuncos and to that of the amages and campos led on by their chief juan santos under the false atahualpa the late political events of spain have liberated from prison the remains of the family of jose gabriel candorcanqui an artful and intrepid man who under the name of inca tupac amaru attempted in seventeen eighty one that restoration of the ancient dynasty which raleigh had projected in the time of queen elizabeth End of note. the geographer hondius supposed that the andes of loja celebrated for their forests of cinchona were only twenty leagues distant from the lake parima or the banks of the rio branco this proximity procured credit to the tidings of the flight of the inca into the forests of guiana and the removal of the treasures of cusco to the easternmost parts of that country no doubt in going up towards the east either by the meta or by the amazon the civilization of the natives between the purus the hupura and the iquiari was observed to increase they possessed amulets little idols of molten gold and chairs elegantly carved but these traces of dawning civilization are far distant from those cities and houses of stone described by raleigh and those who followed him we have made drawings of some ruins of great edifices east of the cordilleras when going down from loja towards the amazon in the province of dain de bracamoros and thus far the incas had carried their arms their religion and their arts the inhabitants of the orinoco were also before the conquest when abandoned to themselves somewhat more civilized than the independent hordes of our days they had populous villages along the river and a regular trade with more southern nations but nothing indicates that they ever constructed an edifice of stone we saw no vestige of any during the course of our journey though the celebrity of the riches of spanish guiana is chiefly assignable to the geographical situation of the country and the errors of the old maps we are not justified in denying the existence of any auriferous land in the tract of country of eighty-two thousand square leagues which stretches between the orinoco and the amazon on the east of the andes of quito and new granada 
what i saw of this country between the second and eighth degrees of latitude and the sixty-sixth and seventy-first degrees of longitude is entirely composed of granite and of a gneiss passing into micaceous and talcous slate these rocks appear naked in the lofty mountains of parima as well as in the plains of the atabapo and the casiquiari granite predominates there over the other rocks and though in both continents the granite of ancient formation is pretty generally destitute of gold ore we cannot thence conclude that the granite of parima contains no vein no stratum of auriferous quartz on the east of the casiquiari towards the sources of the orinoco we observed that the number of these strata and these veins increased the granite of these countries by its structure its mixture of hornblende and other geological features alike important appears to me to belong to a more recent formation perhaps posterior to the gneiss and analogous to the staniferous granites the hyalomites and the pegmatites now the least ancient granites are also the least destitute of metals and several auriferous rivers and torrents in the andes and the salzburg fichtelgebirge and the table-land of the du castilles lead us to believe that these granites sometimes contain native gold and portions of auriferous pyrites and galena disseminated through the whole rock as is the case with tin and magnetic and micaceous iron the group of the mountains of parima several summits of which attain the height of one thousand three hundred toises was almost entirely unknown before our visit to the orinoco this group however is a hundred leagues long and eighty broad and though wherever m bonpland and i traversed this vast group of mountains its structure it seemed to us extremely uniform it would be wrong to affirm that it may not contain very metalliferous transition rocks and mica slates superimposed on the granite i have already observed that the silvery lustre and frequency of mica have contributed to give guiana great celebrity for metallic wealth the peak of calitamini glowing every evening at sunset with a reddish fire still attracts the attention of the inhabitants of maypures according to the fabulous stories of the natives the islets of mica slate situate in lake amuku augment by their reflection the lustre of the nebulae of the southern sky quote, every mountain end quote, says raleigh quote, every stone in the forests of the orinoco shines like the precious metals if it be not gold it is madre de oro mother of gold end quote. raleigh asserts that he brought back gangs of auriferous white quartz quote, hard white spar end quote and to prove the richness of this ore he gives an account of the assays that were made by the officers of the mint at london note messrs westwood dimmock and bulmar End of note. i have no reason to believe that the chemists of the time sought to lead queen elizabeth into error and i will not insult the memory of raleigh by supposing like his contemporaries that the auriferous quartz which he brought home had not been collected in america note, see the defence of raleigh in the preface to the discovery of guiana fifteen ninety six pages two to four end of note we cannot judge of things from which we are separated by so long an interval of time the gneiss of the littoral chain contains traces of the precious metals note in the southern branch of this chain which passes by usma via de cura and ucumare particularly near buria los teques and los marietas end of note and some grains of gold have been found in the mountains of parima near the mission of encaramada how can we infer the absolute sterility of the primitive rocks of guiana from testimony merely negative from the circumstance that during a journey of three months we saw no auriferous vein appearing above the soil 
in order to bring together whatever may enlighten the government of this country on a subject so long disputed i will enter upon a few more geological considerations the mountains of brazil notwithstanding the numerous traces of embedded ore which they display between st paul and Villarica, have furnished only streamworks of gold more than six-sevenths of the seventy-eight thousand marks fifty-two thousand pounds of this metal with which at the beginning of the nineteenth century america annually supplied the commerce of europe have come not from the lofty cordilleras of the andes but from the alluvial lands on the east and west of the cordilleras these lands are raised but little above the level of the sea like those of sonora in mexico and of choco and barbacoas in new granada or they stretch along the tablelands as in the interior of brazil Note. The height of Villarica is 630 toises, but the great tableland of the Capitania de Minas Gareas is only 300 toises in height. See the profile which Colonel Deschwege has published at Weimar, with an indication of the rocks, in imitation of my profile of the Mexican tableland. End of note. Is it not probable that some other depositions of auriferous earth extend toward the northern hemisphere, as far as the banks of the upper Orinoco and the Rio Negro, two rivers which form but one basin with that of the amazon i observed when speaking of el dorado de canelas the amaguas and the iquiari that almost all the rivers which flow from the west wash down gold in abundance and very far from the cordilleras from loja to popayan these cordilleras are composed alternately of trachytes and primitive rocks the plains of ramora of lagrono and of macas sevilla del oro the great rio napo with its tributary streams the ansupi and the coca in the province of quijos note the little rivers cosanga quijos and papalacta or maspa which form the coca rise on the eastern slope of the nevado del antisana the rio ansupi brings down the largest grains of gold it flows into the napo south of the archidona above the mouth of the misiguali between the misaguali and the rio coca in the province of avila five other northern tributary streams of the napo the siguna munino suno guataracu and pucono are known as being singularly auriferous these local details are taken from several manuscript reports of the governor of quijos from which i traced the map of the countries east of the antisana End of note. the caqueta de moca as far as the mouth of the fragua in fine all the country comprised between jane de bracaramoros and the guaviare note from santiago a tributary of the upper maranon to the llanos of caguan and of san juan end of note preserve their ancient celebrity for metallic wealth more to the east between the sources of the guainia rio negro the uaupes the iguare and the urubesh we find a soil incontestably auriferous there acunha and father fritz placed their laguna del oro and various accounts which i obtained at san carlos from portuguese americans explain perfectly what la condamine has related of the plates of beaten gold found in the hands of the natives if we pass from the iguare to the left bank of the rio negro we enter a country entirely unknown between the rio bronco the sources of the essequibo and the mountains of portuguese guiana acunha speaks of the gold washed down by the northern tributary streams of the lower maranon such as the rio trombetas or jimina curupatuba and the jinipape rio de paru 
it appears to me a circumstance worthy of attention that all these rivers descend from the same tableland the northern slope of which contains the lake amuku the dorado of raleigh and the dutch and the isthmus between the rupunuri rupunuwini and the rio mahu there is no reason for denying the existence of auriferous alluvial lands far from the cordilleras of the andes on the north of the amazon as there are on the south in the mountains of brazil the caribs of the caroni the cuyuni and the essequibo have practised on a small scale the washing of alluvial earth from the remotest times note quote, on the north of the confluence of the curupatuba and the amazon end quote, says acunha quote, is the mountain of paraguajo which when illumined by the sun glows with the most beautiful colours and thence from time to time issues a horrible noise revienta con grandes strenuos is there a volcanic phenomenon in this eastern part of the new continent or is it the love of the marvellous which has given rise to the tradition of the bellowings bramidos of paraguajo the lustre emitted from the sides of the mountain recalls to mind what we have mentioned above of the miraculous rocks of calitamini and the island ipomucina in the imaginary lake dorado in one of the spanish letters intercepted at sea by captain george popham in fifteen ninety four it is said quote, having inquired of the natives whence they obtained the spangles and powder of gold which we found in their huts and which they stick on their skin by means of some greasy substances they told us that in a certain plain they tore up the grass and gathered the earth in baskets to subject it to the process of washing raleigh page one hundred and nine can this passage be explained by supposing that the indians sought thus laboriously not for gold but for spangles of mica which the natives of rio Caura still employ as ornaments when they paint their bodies End of note. when we examine the structure of mountains and embrace in one point of view an extensive surface of the globe distances disappear and places the most remote insensibly draw near each other the basin of the upper orinoco the rio negro and the amazon is bounded by the mountains of parima on the north and those of minas Gerais and mato grosso on the south the opposite slopes of the same valley often display an analogy in their geological relations i have described in this and the preceding volume the vast provinces of venezuela and spanish guiana while examining their natural limits their climate and their productions i have discussed the influence produced by the configuration of the soil on agriculture commerce and the more or less rapid progress of society i have successively passed over the three regions that succeed each other from north to south from the mediterranean of the west indies to the forests of the upper orinoco and the amazon the fertile land of the shore the centre of agricultural riches is succeeded by the llanos inhabited by pastoral tribes these llanos are in their turn bordered by the region of forests the inhabitants of which enjoy i will not say liberty which is always the result of civilization but a sort of savage independence on the limit of these two latter zones the struggle now exists which will decide the emancipation and future prosperity of america the changes which are preparing cannot efface the individual character of each region but the manners and condition of the inhabitants will assume a more uniform colour this consideration perhaps adds interest to a tour made in the beginning of the nineteenth century we like to see traced in the same picture the civilized nations of the seashore and the feeble remains of the natives of the orinoco who know no other worship than that of the powers of nature and who 
like the ancient germans deify the mysterious object which excites their simple admiration note diorum nominibus appellant secretum illid quod sola reverentia vident tacitus germania nine end of chapter three point twenty five